This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Repeat, this is a test of the emergency podcast system. Disaster Girls is an unironic excavation of disaster movies with profiles as high as the tallest volcano and as low as the Marianas Trench. In order to ensure your safety and enjoyment, please remain calm and keep your ears locked on your hosts, myself, Jordan Gershiola, and me, Amanda Smith. Hello, every disaster diva out there. It is I, once again, returning as your co-host, Jordan Cruciola, and I'm with... It's me, Amanda Smith. And we are here today to bring you, uh, once again, it, within, within you know, the DNA, the deep DNA of the Disaster Girls podcast, a good old made-for-TV style disaster movie. And Amanda, you were you were pretty hyped to talk about this one. Yeah, what are we talking say, about? Remind the people. This is a, produced by Asylum, who make many of these films. I, that came this up is, on the screen. I was like, "Oh, those guys!" I was so worried, but you guys, <laughs> Asteroid versus Asteroid versus Earth. I, I'm going to come in hot right now and say it. One of my favorites that I've watched. Great, great. I Asteroid am so versus hyped Earth. for Asteroid versus Earth. I am so hyped about this film. I watched it twice. <laughs> Partly because the first time I watched it, I was like, I don't feel like I paid close enough attention. And then sure. the second time I watched it, I was like, nope, I paid just the right amount of attention. I missed nothing. <laughs> but it wasn't a bad I missed nothing. It was like, oh, there's nothing more here. Okay, cool. Yeah. This is great. This then, is perfect. Then I get to look to you to explain to me what exactly Tia Carrere was trying to explain regarding the Yap Trench. All right. So – um, just to give you all a, pr- a quick breakdown of the premise, yeah. uh, there's an asteroid headed toward Earth. Mm-hmm. It looks like a giant moving- flying brain. It, it, yes, it could <laughs> be a giant flying it brain. We be. never get full confirmation. Um, and because moving the asteroid out of the way won't work, the genius little baby physicist who I loved, um, he devises a plan that involves causing an earthquake so large that it actually moves the Earth out of the asteroid's way. So we're not like fully, um, you know, fully wandering. We're not going to fully wandering Earth. This we're like nudging it. It's kind of a pool cues sort of thing. Is it kind of just like I wondered this? Is it kind of like just speeding up its sun rotation? Like, is it just like they nudged it off its axis, which like is a bad plan? Yeah, Um, but cool. Like it was one of those things where you just there is no science. There is all the science. Yeah, great. I'll take it. Um, and yeah, the plan is that they are going to put bombs, as always, inside yeah. of the app trench. And the app trench is um, a subduction zone. So it's a place where one plate goes underneath the other. Gotcha. And that's where we generally get the largest earthquakes. So that's when you get those like the eights and uh, that you get down along Chile or up, at, you know, the nine up in, in Alaska, mm-hmm. those huge huge deep earthquakes that's that you get along the ring of fire that's a subduction zone quake gotcha, yeah. so they are going to cause an earthquake on the yap trench which is near like four different converging plates uh-huh. um, and the quake is going to be so large it's going to cause an 18 on the richter scale right like is there anywhere in the world yeah. that would not no. feel it if there was an 18 on the richter scale somewhere and so the thing that's wild is that it's all lo- so the Richter scale is logarithmic, which means that every time you increase um, from like a seven to an eight or from a three to a four, it's yeah. a thousand times larger. Right. 
So uh, the answer to that is it's not possible as far as we know. And also I would assume you at that point would just be like blowing up the – like it doesn't it end just well seems for like anybody. It would, yeah, it seems like it would actually just kind of split the earth in half. Yeah, I, I would not recommend trying to generate an 18 on the Richter scale personally. That's <laughs> – yeah. Like, I've got a lot of hobbies. I wouldn't add that to my list. Um, <laughs> but for the purposes of this film, and we do see it felt everywhere because they're, um, they're the uh, the monitoring where the general and the NSA and everybody are, that's in like Hawaii. Yes, yes. Um, so the, we're seeing it felt everywhere. But yes, it would be uh, felt world. 18 would be felt. Well, I mean, it has to be felt worldwide. We're nudging the earth off of its axis. Right, true, yeah. So what Tia was saying was that like what she, her plan was that they needed to puncture it, puncture the Earth's crust in order to then get deep enough down to the – she says the core, but there's a lot of mantle between the Lots crust and the of core. It, yeah. There's so much mantle. Yeah. Um, and so she was like it's – we have to puncture the man, the, the crust to get to the, the core. And um, – as we learn that's sort of just not necessary, it's fine. Yeah, that does it, it kind of seems to go by the wayside. Like, what yeah. is what I wasn't clear on, like, because I trust, like, these movies can connect their own dots, even if the dots are yeah. crazy dots. Like, why did it need to be the Yap Trench? Just because that's where that, like, why did the subduction zone and the core both have to be involved? Um, so I think so the subduction zone, it was a it was the convergence. So the Yap Trench is near like four different subduction That's, yeah, zones. Yeah, okay. The, the four idea plates was that, coming together. Yeah, 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 yeah. The idea was that there was like there's so many subduction zones in that area that we have enough faults in that area we can generate um a, a, an 18, which uh-huh. okay. does kind of okay. So one thing that I will say is that the length that of a rupture, just for some fun science real fast, right. the length of a rupture, um, does relate to the size of a quake. So you would need something – you would need to have a lot of length to rupture to create an 18. Okay. So cool. I'm with you on that. Um, and they were like, yeah, it has to be the app trench because there's so many different subduction zones in that area. That will be enough to generate. And um, why the core? Because they needed to say the core. Yeah. Okay. Like, Good enough. At the end, as we – at the end, you know, there's a, a tragic heroic death – with that were of a man falling into a volcano. Yes. Under the presumption that he will be somehow taking the nuclear bombs into the core. And that's right. not how volcanoes work, guys. Yeah, it seems like yeah, it seemed to be that like our plan is he's gonna go into the caldera of this erupting volcano, and then he's basically going to be like flushed down lava yeah. tubes into like a more like deeper vulnerable point of the earth as opposed to just being on top of a volcano. Yeah, I mean that's volcanoes are a one way exit sort right. of thing. It's not as if there's also we don't get there's no like secret tube into inner earth like in yeah, Godzilla yeah, versus exactly. Kong. That's kind it's of the implication of that there's a secret yeah. tube into earth. There's definitely the implication is definitely that he's going to go down like the Godzilla hole uh-huh. that Godzilla has created with his mouth. Yes, and get the these these bombs to the core, and that's that's not how volcanoes do things, guys. Yeah, yeah, that's that's not how they do things. That's not protocol. Don't, don't recommend volcanoes. Volca- volcanoes are the Earth's out hole. <laughs> yes, one way street. Yeah. So that's. Yeah. Yeah, the like the science is absurd. What made what worked for me with this movie was the humanity of it. Jordan. It's you no, know, it's so true. This movie I really cared about these relationships. Mm-hmm. 
I I wish they had not killed our two black and brown heroes. Um, yeah, for reasons that don't fucking do that. But they were also good characters. They, right. I really enjoyed. Was it Rudy? Is Rudy? Yeah. Rudy's a military officer. And what was the name yeah. of the science guy? Is it? It was Telly. Evan Telly. Telly. Okay. Terry Telly. was. Terry was Ter- the gay boyfriend. Yeah. Of Rudy, who jumps into a volcano. Like, oh my Wait. god, we have a boyfriend here from 2014 this movie was made seven years ago and we have a and they like throw it in as a twist which i i was like i was not expecting it no. and loved yeah and you like don't they see played that it, coming they played it very like it was thrown in as a twist but it wasn't played for sensation no. it was actually just like pretty sweet because like it the, was our commanding was officer bros. yeah yeah it was just two bros who love each other in are the commanding officer of like you know it's about to go down. Asteroids coming toward Earth, and like the commanding officer hero of the movie, like is is close with Rudy. Like they're he's you know they're in they're they they work together. They're colleagues in the military, but they also seem to have a special bond. And he like you know Rudy he like tells Rudy like you know you just gotta gotta tell tell them how you feel. Like you you just gotta be honest with this person. So when he calls this person to like be like all right, I'm gonna get real. I'm Rudy. I'm gonna like put my heart out there. And a guy picks up the phone. You're like. This didn't need to happen, but someone was like, "Guys, why isn't he? Why shouldn't? Why shouldn't he be gay? Like, let's just give him a boyfriend." And then they just like they have it's only long distance. They just have like a couple very honestly believable between two dudes phone call about their feelings, and it was just nice. I really yeah, like that. On the I will say on the reality index, I'm not sure that two guys who are in a loving relationship even on the rocks mm. would use would say man right. to each other it did feel like I a don't straight know the, person wrote it yeah i'm not sure that the pet names for each other of i know man i know is quite what two people in a relationship would call each other right but i, I mean they seemed to be they were like they weren't a hundred percent on the like i didn't know if they were to get like if they had been broken up yeah if they were like it, you know i didn't know what their neutral was i don't know what the internalized homophobia of these men is but I did yeah. love that Terry could go to Rudy's mom's house and yeah. that that was just fine. It wasn't like no, a, I, was, I have a broken home and my family doesn't talk to me. It's just like, well, why don't you go stay with my mom and like look out for her and she can look out for you. And it was like, this is nice, actually. This is this is the lovely. this is the ab, this is the in absentia wife we get so often in a disaster movie where it's just a husband calling and she's in a kitchen setting, basically like worrying. And I was like, yeah. Let's have an in absentia wife character, but it's some guy's boyfriend. Yeah. And he's a teacher. Yeah. And Rudy's calling him professor and giving him a little bit of sass back. Yeah. I loved I I loved it. I loved when Rudy just a, I loved when Rudy came out to one of the Marines. Yeah. The Marine was like, Yeah, man, we know. We know. It's cool. Now's not the time, but we know it's yeah. cool. Yeah. And I was like, this is this is lovely. I liked that his parting words to his, you know, estranged boyfriend were watch that ass. Yeah. That was great. Yes. Great. Was uh, great. Again, it really did have a, a, a two bros who just love each other kind of vibe. Yeah. And I was, you know what? I like this. I like that they didn't go with something. We, I, it was almost, it was almost so odd that it went back around to real again in that yeah. like very specific way of interacting with it, each other that I'm was. not sure. I'm not sure is common, but I did love. Yeah. And I yeah. I really I didn't I wasn't shipping Tia Carrere and our main military guy. Like he was fine. Like Lieutenant yeah. Commander Chase was Chase Seward Seward was fine. Um, but when we meet 
Leah Car- Tia Carrere in the bar where she is. She's like, mm-hmm. had a really bad day. And Rudy's like, I'm going to wingman for my guy, Lieutenant Chase. And he comes over and, you know, he's being annoying and like, let the woman alone. But whatever. Like, this is what's going to happen in this movie. But I liked her. I liked her flirtatious energy a lot. I was like, Tia, give Tia Carrere a rom-com. Like, what is right? I'm really digging Tia Carrere in this role right now. This is enjoyable. So that's the thing. Like, I come, this movie lives and dies by how a fucking charming Tia Carrera is. It, no, that throughout. is not a lie. She, that is not a lie. Yeah. <clears throat> she acts, she, this is, I would argue, some of the best acting we've seen in one of these movies. It was so, she, she, I wish she'd had, she didn't have, she didn't have like no screen time, but they, they, it becomes such an ensemble piece that you're spending time with a lot of people. I yeah. wish we'd had so much more Tia Carrera, but she's really like, you, She's maximizing her screen time such that, like, you feel like it was quality time yeah. that you got to spend with her in Asteroid versus Earth. Yeah. The whole, I loved that, you know, Jordan, you know personally I love a drunk bar flirtation scene. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Like, you know that is my, that yes. is a, a weak spot for me personally. <laughs> and Imagining um, yourself in the kibitz room at Cantor's, Amanda. Oh, oh, God, no. Please. <laughs> There's limits I'll draw. <laughs> oh God. Um, but I do, I do love like I, I thought that they it was one of the rare times where we've seen chemistry between like you might not have been shipping them, but in that, that scene where they're sitting there in the bar, yeah. there is chemistry and there is never chemistry. There in these really films. never is. No. There's never any sort of spark. You're like, oh, I mean, I would, I would again draw us back to the whole thing with um Ming Nawen and uh-huh. You know what's oh, the Turturro? The Turturro, extra yeah. Turturro. Like where at the end you go, what the fuck? We were supposed to really? We we're supposed to root for this? That was wild. But in this case, <laughs> this film starts out with a potential drunken hookup, and she is sparkling. Yeah, he's got like he comes initially. You're like this is gonna, but he actually kind of steps up to her level in terms of the the dynamic. Uh huh. I loved it. I would have just lived happily in that first that first couple scenes we get of them. Yeah, I was really yeah. I was really enjoying that, and I like that. Like, I the, the way we meet our characters in this movie is actually pretty good. Like the way we, we we get a strong sense of Rudy when Rudy is trying to connect his connect his commanding officer and Tia yeah. Carrere. We get a great sense of Telly when he discovers the asteroid, and then mm-hmm. like I thought, like because of how it started, knowing Tia Carrere was in it. Telly, like, clocks the asteroid and then, like, gets on the phone with his supervisor and is like, oh, there's yeah. an asteroid head I thought that was going to be Tia Carrere. But then she turns out to be, like, an oceanographer. I was like, oh, so the woman on the phone was just, like, another woman in charge. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And then it, it's, like it ha- it's like it starts happening. The movie rushes to a certain, like, point at the very beginning where it's like, oh, the asteroid's coming. Like, we- ev- I texted Amanda about this last night. The amount of guns <laughs> deployed in the yeah. beginning of this movie to pick up scientists was what the hell was going like not it was great like oh we'll like have our guns like out of their holsters like they will be like uh, they will not be like secured at our sides it was like guns drawn storming into locations mm-hmm. to pick up science people to take them to central command like when the the military comes to pick up telly to like become part of like you know the stop the asteroid task force he's just sitting in his office and then like a half a dozen people surround him guns pointed at his head 
And then when they get out of the bar, Tia Carrere and the commander, I, I thought, first of all, I thought it was funny if they walk out into daylight because it was like, this isn't like 6 a.m. daylight. This is noon daylight. Like they've yeah. been in this bar for 16 hours. <laughs> this is so long. And they're just like, they're standing by a car and they're going to start making out. And then like black SUVs surround them and like guns drawn. It was like, what was the fucking directive here? <laughs> Who were they told they were going to get? Yeah, I liked. I, I, I was. It was so much. There it was, was when so the NSA much. storms. When the NSA storms and Telly is surrounded <laughs> by all of the weapons, it, which it's. I mean, look, you're asking scientists to go science. There's not a risk <laughs> for a high speed chase here. No, and they they didn't have any other personnel around them that would have suggested like when you find this person, this is why it's going to be threatening. It was like, yeah. we're sending you to a tiki bar. To pick up a scientist that we know is there. Make sure you storm out of your car, assault weapons in the air. And she happened to be with, like, a, the, a military commander at the time. But then, like, and Telly, it's like, you just went to his office. Like, you didn't go find him in a back alley meeting with, like, Russian powers. You're just, like, you went and found an intern in, in an office studying space. So I think you could have spared the, like, half dozen guns drawn thing. And then when we meet that actor... Who plays the um, the Robert Robert Davi Robert Davy? Yeah, who, thank God he's in this. He's always a bad guy, but in this he's like the head of the army. And like people come to get him to like bring him to Central Command. There's a crazy storm or something where he lives. He's like batting down the hatches in his house, and then somebody walks into his house to go get him, and they immediately have their gun out. It's like you've arrived to go pick up your superior officer. What the fuck are you doing? Why are you walking to this house with a gun out? Like, what do you... And, like, he hears somebody in the house, and that guy, military guy, just immediately pulls a gun out of a drawer. It's like, everyone is assuming this is a firefight right now. And we have... There's nothing to support this conclusion. And this movie is 10 minutes old. What the <laughs> fuck are you guys doing? And it's well, not because guns movie... happen constantly throughout the movie. It's no, that's how the movie front the guns. That's just it. And then it never happens again. Like, there's no... <laughs> There's no other situations in which you would need these extras to be on set to have like the guns or anything like nope. that, which I feel like they they genuinely that was a note of like oh the front's lagging a little can we make give it a little more pop yeah let's put some guns in here <laughs> it was so I loved, weird but it was it I loved was how great. we meet Telly though yeah, I did I loved I, I love a, a good I love a good like. Re board researchers dicking around their station, which we've gotten many a time. Sure. That's a that's a tried and true trope. Yeah. But Telly just having a blast in his little office. Yeah. Just I was rooting for that kid. We really Telly, like, okay, give Rudy the big heroic death. I didn't want it to be him. But like, we did not need Telly's death. Telly's no. graphic, shocking completely out of nowhere like there you know earthquakes have started happening um and so there there is a big quake and like the the facility that telly's at it starts shaking and then the he's underneath a desk but i guess he sees that um robert davies character is about to like like the, the ceiling's about to fall in on him so telly runs out and saves robert davy at which point the like i don't know i guess the entire ceiling falls down on him and then we just see like a very emotional response from Robert Davy to Telly. Like you cut to Telly. Telly is spitting up blood and it is pouring out of his mouth and he has been crushed. And you're like, they're not going to fucking kill Telly. And like, 
Why did we need to kill Telly this savagely? What the fuck did Telly do wrong? It was a, it was laid on a little thick. Yeah, no, Telly's death was felt deeply unnecessary. Uh, I know. wanted Telly, I wanted Telly to to have his hero laugh where Me it works, too. and then he's like, "Yeah, we did it." Um, I'm the intern who figured it all out, man. Yeah. I mean, I want it to be like President Telly in the future. Yeah. (laughs) He was – Because he was also like – Officer of America Telly. Yes. Make him him science king of America. Exactly. We we also find out early on like that he's a – he was – he's like a – he's a genius who also had a propensity toward – chaos because he was like manufacturing yellow cake in his mom's basement. He was like making nuclear materials at home as a freshman in high school. Um, which I will say, point of believability, I did not believe that they wouldn't have had that that Robert Davies wouldn't have been like, oh, Evan Telly, yeah, we know about you. Right. And then like whip out a file that's like six inches thick. Uh-huh. Like as opposed to what happens initially, which is everyone, they lock him up in a in a supply closet yeah. because he's saying, the plan isn't going to work. We have to do something else. We have to blow the earth off of its axis. Yeah. <laughs> and so they lock him in like a supply closet. And then Robert Davies goes and is like, okay, what are you talking about, kid? Um, and that's when we learn that. Yeah, like Telly, where's the intern? Yeah. So I would have liked, I would have liked to have give Telly his due. And you know? I, I did love that. I did love that they 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 were really like you know we're gonna make a bond between Robert Davy and yeah. this guy. We're we are gonna make sure that when Telly goes down, General Masterson is gonna be really fucked up about it. And like he's like holding Telly by the face. He's like trying like don't die, don't die. Mm-hmm. And then, like, when somebody comes in, like, a soldier comes in and, like, hands him a walkie-talkie because there's updates. Like, he can't take the call initially. He's just, like, head in his yeah. hands too sad at the death of Telly to to cope. And then it really registered for me how huge Robert Davies' hands look when he, like, goes <laughs> to grab that walkie-talkie. He was like, that is a gigantic fucking hand. And then I imagined, oh, yeah. I was like, wait. Is that walkie-talkie gargantuan? Because if it looks like that in his hand, what would that look like in my hand? It just was, I was really getting a sense of like the scale of that man <laughs> in, that, in that moment. Big head, huge hands. Huge, big, big head. When seeing big. him, so in the early sequence with his wife and his wife, he Who like- I thought was his daughter. Well, because yeah. Mary's a lot young. <laughs> Mary's the second wife. Yeah. I think we can agree <laughs> on that point. Mary's the second wife that that's just come along for the ride. Um and she is so much smaller than he is. Oh my god! And it's just a one of those like little contrasts where you just you so rarely get a true sense of scale of certain people, and then you see that and you're like, oh, all right, he's he's the size of a door. Okay, yeah, yeah. he's just like he's an all around like imposing presence. Yeah, and which he's great in this. I liked. I liked. I his, really liked him. I was like, his god, why don't we see him in this that. more often? Like in this stuff more often. He's perfect for this. Yeah. He had the right amount of gravitas. He wasn't a dickhead military guy, which I appreciated. Yeah, and like, I was waiting so for because he's get that. Robert Davy. Yeah. Right, and we so often get that like that character who doesn't want to listen, doesn't want to believe the science yeah. until it's the last possible second. But no, he was just kind of rooting for everybody. Yeah. He was <laughs> on everyone's side. Who doesn't? Who doesn't want to root for Telly? You know, he won him <sighs> over. Telly was so. Telly had so much potential to go so. In so many bad spots, <laughs> like did. there was, he could have been insufferable. He yeah, could have he was been really like, close, but he, he wasn't was so there. close. He played but it what just a great, right. That actor was. I want more of that actor. I thought he was <laughs> so charming and so adorable, and he was cute. Like he he's was. a good looking dude. 
And he played it just eccentrically enough, but like not so far that he he still felt kind of like a guy who would like do a kickflip off of a skateboard and not yeah. like he was such rascally. An- he was rascally. Yes. That's exactly it. He was rascally. So I loved him. <laughs> I was I, I want more of that actor, honestly. Um and again, very upset about that that they killed him off. I think this was the this might have been like the cheapest looking submarine interior I've seen. It just, oh, yeah. it really did look like an, just an office. <laughs> well, yeah. Lit with that same lighting that they used for the, for the office in Godzilla versus Kong. Right. Yeah. That same sort of like club bathroom lighting. Yeah. <laughs> it really was like, they didn't, they didn't like, they didn't even have foam to paint to no. look like pipes. And like hardware in this in this thing, it was very. Oh, yeah. I mean, and and like which and was the nuclear war. The nuclear warheads also looked like garbage. Yes, it was great. Really I liked did. They they might as well have had like giant skull and crossbones paint on the side. Yes. It, I mean, they looked like they looked like little cartoon character toys. And so what we fortunately what we get in because like it, you know asteroid coming toward Earth, we're not like, it's like, oh, that's a disaster that's coming, but it's far away. We get a series, like, we get some earthquakes. The earthquake brings tsunamis. We get some, like, stock footage of general disaster panic. Yeah. um, Which was good. I felt like there there was a good texture of disaster happenings. Oh, here was something I was thinking of. At one point, they're under the sea. They're in a submarine. Tia Carrere's there. Everybody's there. And um, they're they're going to the trench, I think. And there is a tidal wave. There's there's a tsunami from an earthquake that had happened earlier. Yes. What? Like, they no, were it down was, low. That was the, it was the shock. Wait. That, oh, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. sorry. sorry. Yeah. So, like, what do, what is, do you know what, what it's like to experience a tsunami at the bottom of the ocean? Do you even know so, that that's happening? Okay, so they didn't because okay, they got kind of yes, rolled by and, it, and I was like, "Oh, oh wow, there was yeah, it that was down okay, deep what, like the that? tsunami." So waves, yes, the well, okay. sort of the way waves work. Waves are a circle, so wow, it's okay. a it's a rotational motion. So mm-hmm. um, think of like drawing an arrow, and it starts with your finger, and then you bring it up around, and then you bring it back down again, mm-hmm. and it rolls forward like that. That's got how it, waves yeah. actually work. Got it. So there is a bottom part of that wave that then goes back and goes up to the top. Mm-hmm. So yes, and the height as tall as a wave is above the surface, you have that same mount below the surface. Ah, okay. Gotcha. Okay. Um, that was what I was really So if there about. were a like two mile high wave, you would also have a <laughs> two mile you would have that you would have that down below as well. Um That's terrifying. I'm pretty sure I've explained that right. So yeah, that's they would, I would assume, I don't know for sure, mm. but I would assume that that would be a risk, especially because mm. the one where the, it's, you're talking about the one where the other sub gets thrown against the ground, right? Yes. Like it's, so it's where the, Tia Carrera is standing and she's like, mm. everybody back in your seats and does that amazing yeah. like body throw. Yes. <laughs> she, which Tia, to her credit, gave us the physicality that we needed from this film. Yeah. Much of, like Ming like, Much yeah, like Ming Nguyen. With all, throwing herself around the... Throwing herself around the the the, the boat. cab of the truck. Yeah, we got a lot of physicality of like potential danger of mm-hmm. going side to side with, <laughs> with Tia. Um, but yeah, so that was from the shock wave from Hong Kong. So an asteroid fragment hits Hong Kong and wipes right. out Hong Kong. Yeah, and this was the shock wave from that and the tsunami shock wave from that. So yes, we would ass- I would assume that's going to be like a two mile high. God. So sure, yeah. let's go with it. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. 
I mean, look, like you, it, there also is a part where there is an underwater earthquake earlier that kind of jostles the sub. And yeah, you would feel that as well. You would mm. feel like the displacement of the water could mm. jostle the sub, I would assume. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that seems logical. Yeah. Again, th- there was the science in this was either so far out the window that you're like, yeah, sure. Yeah, or just, just invent close it. enough. Yeah, or just close enough that I was like, meh, I'll go with it. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to – there was nothing in this that made me made me pause and have to regroup myself with anger, as can sometimes happen <laughs> with these films. Um, regroup myself with anger. Just a little bit of kind of recomposing. God, I just can't get over it. Like, this really was – this movie made me mad that Tia Carrera isn't in more films. Completely, yeah. I was like, this is – I'm having a legitimately good time with Tia Carrera mm-hmm. right now. And like – Give me asylum, put her on a contract, and keep making these. Yeah. She lives. Let her keep she's she's a geophysicist, as we've learned from Mika. They can geophysicists do everything. can do everything. Truly everything. She can solve so much. <laughs> Let her tackle the world's problems. I this also really did make me like it made me immediately think of how we had been like justice for Charisma Carpenter. Yeah. And now I want like an expend a lady's expendables with both of them in it. We're still rooting for justice. I just, I think the two of them would be a really fun, like, throw a couple more, maybe like throw an Eliza Dushku in there. Like, everyone just, and just, and give them, give them their John Wick style, the expendables. (laughs) Like, they're all these kind of just older women that no one's expecting. And we're not talking, we're not talking fucking, don't, no one reply to this and be like, kill Bill. No. Oh, God, no. They're going to wear shoes, guys. <laughs> All these women deserve to wear shoes. They're going to wear shoes. I just want to make that distinction. I think it's important. We're not sending Charisma Carpenter from Joss Whedon to mm-hmm. fucking Quentin Tarantino, guys. We're not doing that to her. Right. Yeah. No, that seems that, you know, don't do a frying pit into the fire kind of thing. Frying pan into the fire so, kind of thing. Yeah. So point is, is I'm rooting for them to wear shoes and kick ass. My, my, my favorite, I think my favorite micro crisis of the movie is when Tia realizes they're like sealed in a room in the sub with um, nuclear material that is not being like protected by a heat shield and that like there it's like seeping radiation into the room with them. I really like the, like, we need to get this into the water Mm-hmm. Like we need to to open the hatch, basically, of this submarine and get this at while the sub is taking on water. I thought that was a great crisis scenario. Yeah, and they're stuck in the room and they can't get out. And also, there's a fire. It was yeah. great. I also love the line reading of you're telling me where's the the missiles are reacting, and her line response, yes. her line reading of it was such a perfect like, are you fucking shitting me? Yeah, no, it was really good. It was a great. It was a great choice for a line reading, and but then that they have to, the two of them just kind of have to hoist it up into, and then they're gonna flood the hatch, and everyone's gonna, everyone above the ship, the, everyone else in the ship thinks they're both dead already. Yeah, I liked it. I and it gave us a good, a good scene work of the two of them getting to fight about what their plan was for the sub, for the H, the HROV itself. Yes, yeah, which they were. That was their little. That was their little rover. They were going to send out right mm-hmm. into the trench, like to carry the bombs to detonate the yeah. the converging subduction zone plates. Yes, so they were going to do that, and for they each had an opinion about how it should be done. Yes. And they bickered a little bit, and there's a little bit of tension. <laughs> they each had an opinion. They each had an opinion, and I liked that the that their the dynamic there in terms of like the way that the two of them interacted 
was not that there was like a, we're going to be angry and hate each other. It was just like, you better be right because I don't think this is the way to do it. But if this is how we have to do it, you better be fucking right. Right. Yeah. Like, cause you know, it's the end of the world if, we're, if you're not. Yeah. I, it we, was, get, yeah. we get a crazy death on the submarine. Yeah. What happens to that guy? Does he get electrocuted to death? He does. He gets electrocuted to death. One thing that we learned. Fries so it gets and set, crispy. It gets set up early on though, Jordan, because we learn early on that the guy who looks like um, the guy from Breaking Bad, but isn't. Uh-huh. He's, he, he's like the gruff. I don't know. He he does he does like tech stuff and retrofitting the sub, and he's like, "There's Whoa, not enough yeah, time yeah. to do all the retrofits on the sub." And <laughs> yeah, Exo mm. Chase, commanding officer Chase, who is the the hero and love interest, and also kind of a dick to anybody who's inferior to him. Yeah, a little bit. Like, and not in a military way. He also snaps his fingers for a check early on. Yeah, <laughs> he does. He, he does. does. He's, it's a real through line in the character. Yeah, Chase is not nice to wait staff is my general vibe. <laughs> yeah, that actually did bother me. When that happened, I was like, wow, asshole. Yeah, there's a lot of ground to come back from from that moment. Like, <laughs> I got to say, so Rudy, watching it a second time, is that scene, whole scene feels a lot more watchable because you're watching you're like, oh, Rudy's not a, a sketchy straight dude. Yeah, yeah. Rudy right. is – He's like a BBF. Yeah, Rudy is, is – the wingman who's wingmanning, but he's doing his best impression of a straight guy wingmanning. Right. Yeah, you're right. And that reading, you're saying like, okay, that's why he's being so weird. Yeah, it cool. is superior that way. Yeah. Um, but then Chase snaps his fingers. And even the second time I was like, I know that you, by the end of this, I like you more, but you got a long way to come back, man. Yeah, you did it um, again. You set yourself back again, even knowing what I know. Yeah, but he he also is kind of a shit to this dude, and he and and this dude who's in charge of like retrofitting the sub to do things the sub isn't supposed to do, <laughs> and the guy is like, yeah, we need more time. It looks like we've smeared toddler shit all over this. It's basically <laughs> he said he says like it looks like someone smeared my nephew's diaper all over the sub. Yeah, because he's like exact- this is a this is a six month retrofit that you need us to do in like a matter of hours. Yeah, and so he does. He so he has already explained that this retrofit doesn't work. So I assume that there's some exposed wiring that goes horribly awry. The ship gets knocked by the tidal wave, yeah. and the like head of the you know the captain Kirk kind of leading the yeah. group. I don't know what the official title of of King Boatman would be. For yeah, some. I because he's because Chase is the lieutenant commander. But on that, he's the lieutenant commander, but on that ship, he is not the one in charge. No, he, but he was though, because he was his But he sub. was, yeah, because he's the executive maybe, officer. That's what maybe I didn't understand. Guy, that's what I didn't understand was that he was clearly the highest ranking officer, but he was not in charge of the submarine. And he wasn't Captain Rogers. There's a character just titled Chief of the Boat. He might be the chief of the boat. The, the chief of the boat was a white guy, so it wasn't oh, him. Oh, that was the guy that had the purser vibes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he was very much like, he was very purser. Um, <laughs> Why haven't we seen more of those? Every disaster movie deserves a purser. Um, a purser. It kind of does existentially, so we just like need more literal pursers. I wonder if, okay, so remember they all think that Chase and Tia Carrera are dead. Yes. So then this guy is in charge. So he becomes the highest ranking officer. Uh Uh-huh. And then maybe it's like a Buffy the Vampire Slayer situation where suddenly there are, like, you know how a new Slayer is generated after Buffy dies? That's how we get faith, right? Or something? Yeah, exactly. So you end up with two two, um, 
maybe that's what happens in the military. Oh, if yeah. they think that you're dead and then you come back, now there's just two people in charge. Right, yeah. Maybe on this sub. sub on that day, that that's, was what was going on. Maybe that's the sub rules here. But he, yeah, so he dies um, by electrocution and gets like a lot of people mourning him. Oh, that lot. one woman. That turned out to be really emotional. Was, yeah. <clears throat> that seemed like they were re- involved the way she read. I was like, are you related or involved? Because that was a outburst. Some soldiers just really love, you know, their chief of command, I guess. Their, their XO. Yeah. Um, it, there, I feel like we, I don't, at a certain point, like we're keeping time kind of up on dry land because we have like X number of hours before the asteroid's going to hit. Well then basically I think we make it worse when we try and blow it up. There's we like did. a plan to try and blow it up. Like that's plan A, but the, even Robert Davy is like, this isn't going to work, but we're going to do it anyway. So it gets this multinational coalition of nuclear powers, like sending bombs to like at this asteroid. And then when they blow up, it it has the intended effect of just like making it go faster. Like it's just, and as it gets closer to the sun, our sun, like the sun's gravity is pulling it more quickly. They keep mentioning the sun and the earth. I mean, the sun and the moon. So it turns out we actually, instead of like 72 hours, we have 12 hours. So like, I feel like this entire thing, they're like in a sub for, I don't know, I guess, 10 or 12 hours of this happening and that's how long they're down there and that's kind of how long the time is we're working with yeah that's kind when of it's initially like it's in eight days and then they're like it's in 12 hours yeah because okay so just using the couple of markers we have um we know rudy calls his rudy calls terry and terry's yes. like i can't i have to go to school yeah i can't go to your mom's house i've got to go to school and then Terry comes ho- – and then they blow up the asteroid and it makes it worse and then it breaks on the news. And then Terry yeah. calls Rudy again and is like, hey, man, I'm going to your mom's house. Something bad is happening. So it's all – yeah, it, we, it's at least within the scope of like a day. Mm-hmm. And then plus you've got all the stuff with on land, like you said, of Rudy – you know, we've got the whole subplot of Rudy with his Marines trying to get these nukes right, first safely right. away from a volcano because there's ancillary volcano danger. Yeah, that and that was a good choice. Yeah, I I mean I I wouldn't recommend putting you know storing nuclear weapons within sight of a volcano. <laughs> I mean the volcano was like it looked like the volcano was about eight hundred feet away. It looked very close. It it, it, yeah. looked, it looked it looked like it was just there at the foothills of the volcano. Yeah, it was super close, um, which did lead to the great sequence of putting nuclear bombs onto a um was it a forklift like a forklift yeah and then driving the nuclear bombs through a bunch of box cardboard boxes to make yeah. the boxes it scatter. was like i love the drama of that we've got to get like because like the volcano goes up and it threatens the storage facility and their whole deal is like we got to protect these nukes and so then like the, the the storage facility is in danger from the volcanic explosion and then they basically just like they load up that forklift and they haul ass out of the storage facility and they basically just drive into the parking lot and everything's fine mm-hmm. like they just they basically get out of the doors and then everyone's like convenes in the parking lot it's like whoo danger averted <laughs> it's like yeah. wow that's a real localized volcanic threat yeah, I mean, like, there's a risk of the pyroclastic. We see the pyroclastic flow, and then it just kind of stops. Yeah, and it really seems like water danger becomes the bigger threat. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. lapping, water lapping at their doors, and then, like, a, a, a tsunami sweeps through when a couple, like, of the guys, military folks in SUVs are driving away from the storage facility in the volcano, and then they get just swept away by a yeah. tsunami that, like, 
you know, they're doing their best with effects in this movie. So we get a lot of like shots of stock footage of like waves crashing. And that's our cue to know, oh, something just got like taken out by a tsunami. Yeah. I got to say that was the the extra disasters to me. I mean, the tsunami made sense. The supercell that we get in the beginning and they kind of hand wave it away as explaining like, oh, the asteroid is making the weather worse. It was so far. It, that, it like wasn't as close as the moon. At that point, it was like, unless this thing is Jupiter, I don't think it's actually fucking with our weather that much yet, guys. Yeah, it was It was like they needed extra disasters, but they didn't need extra disasters. And so it was kind of just, it was thrown in, and I don't know that we needed it. <laughs> Um, and then we could have maybe invested a little bit more in tsunami threat because tsunami threat's a good one with when you have it, like as an excess disaster yeah. for these sorts of situations. Yeah, yeah, it's a good, it's a good like, it's a good rejoinder disaster. Yeah. One thing I did love, and I was mad we didn't get an entire movie of this, was I loved the entire premise of we have to take a nuclear weapon across an island that's been booby trapped from the nineteen fifty like. Loved that. I that as soon as they said so that, I sat up and wanted an entire fucking. That was that's the American version of Ashfall. The in my head. the the thing that had me just laughing at that was like, first of all, I'm sad already because I'm like Rudy's gonna die. Yeah, because Commander Chase and Tia Carrere, they like get Rudy on the horn and they're like, <clears throat> we've got one option left: the volcano, the the earthquake that we triggered with the uh, sub sub-oceanic explosions was only a 16. It wasn't big enough to do the job. So what you need to do is take our remaining nuclear devices and they need to be dropped into a volcano. They need to be dropped into a volcano. And so, and he was, and and Rudy says, he's like, all right, so it's a one-way ticket, huh? And it's like, no. And you're like, come on, Rudy, find a way. Like, someone's got to find a way. And then they get to, and then like, they discuss as they're heading for this island that it was like that there you know there was never under any treaty there and there's you know all this all this ordinance that's still hanging out around because of like you know fighting wars stuff in the past and yeah, it was it was all from world war ii all yeah, from the, world war ii it was all world war ii so it's like this these four military guys on this boat and like she's like and you have 48 minutes to do it and this to me honestly strained the credulity the most of anything in the entire movie these men were not yet at this island. They had to travel whatever distance it was to get there. Go ashore. This is all 48 minutes. Go ashore. And then, like, once we're on the island, like, it shows a shot of the volcano. Like, we sort of see the perspective of it. It's like, that's a day's fucking journey to get to that caldera. Like, it is a march through the jungle, long-ass trip to get to the top of this volcano. And they have 48 minutes. And then suddenly, the forced perspective shot that we see, the, the wide shot that we see of the volcano in the distance, it's just suddenly right on the water. Because after they cross, a it's all, because like, they're referencing, like, there's basically live mines there, and that they're going to have to navigate this live minefield to get to the volcano to drop the nukes in. The minefield is, is like a 20-foot stretch of beach. The minefield is the smallest stretch of beach and watching all of these actors like soft shoe through a small segment of beach to be like basically like playing the floor is lava to pantomime that there is the threat of of landmines everywhere was so funny that was like a oh, yeah. perfect made for tv disaster movie experience all right guys 
it's just this one little piece of beach, piece of beach. It's not going to be the whole time we're here, but I just need you to like walk like there's mines everywhere. Yeah, put your arms out at the side. Yeah. Walk super slow. No one step in each other's footprints. No, yeah, would nobody. Be everyone, so we're going to spread out eight men across, and yeah. all of us are going to walk very gingerly with our arms out while yep. holding big, heavy boxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, loved that. I. It was a – there was – that was the most made-for-TV that this felt, complete yeah. with then random dude whose name was Metal getting then blown up by a mine. Why do we think – and this seemed crazy to me. This, this too, was so crazy. Mm-hmm. Metal – yes, his name. Metal I mean, to the steps, point where it's on his name patch. Yes. I thought it was a nickname. And then you see his fatigues and it's like, oh, his name is Metal. And he steps on a mine and he's like, shit. And then, because, like, he's in the middle with an arm, one hand holding a case on each side. And then, like, there's two guys off to either side of him. They're holding the other sides of those cases. He tells them, for some reason, to let go of the cases. So only he is holding them. And then hoists them up to throw them as he removes his foot from the mine and he gets mine exploded. Why did he not tell them to take the boxes with them? Why did he say let go of the what the fuck was that? What was that? Because his his name was Metal, not Brains, Jordan. <laughs> I mean, that was just like it, it made no sense. You it made no, and you, he like flung the boxes, which are so heavy that like one man can't carry them, but yeah, suddenly he gets yeah. superhuman. It made no sense. And it was like, no, 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 let go of these so I, the guy on the mine, mm-hmm. can be holding the nukes when oh. I'm about to step off of it. Wait, Jordan, I got it. Pressure. Do we maybe because he was because no. he was suddenly taking the full weight of the boxes when he didn't? It wasn't like a weight neutral exchange. That's true. It yeah. was just and also like, it's not like about it's that. not like it's also it doesn't matter how much you press the the mine in. It's still going to be like it's not weight sensitive. You're yeah, right. It's okay. like you don't you can't go up, but you like you can keep pressing down. And that was, but like it, it and really. Also, I don't know why he had to do it. Why he had to step off of the mine while they were still in the vicinity. It made no sense. Yeah, it really could have been like, "Hey guys, you go do this. I'm going to stand here, and then if we live, mm-hmm. we can try and troubleshoot this mine when you come back." Like there could have yeah. been something. There could have been. Instead, he gets his fucking legs blown off. His body like catapults away from the blast zone, and then we just like cut over and we see like his buddies are on the sand they're like breaks from the explosion and then we look over and metal is just legless covered in blood yeah when this movie decided to be grizzly it was pretty grizzly oh yeah he i mean and we keep seeing like where his legs have been blown off yeah he looks, is not was, shy yeah they this was and, and this was a, it felt like a surprisingly long sequence. It, no, it we really get emo- is. We get emotions between like men we've never met before and don't care. We get this whole subplot within twenty seconds. Yep, of Metal's tragic death and all of the soldiers <laughs> who love him. Yeah, that we didn't need or ask for, but I'm glad they all hopefully got their SAG cards out of this. And I kind of wish that they had just let him, just let him. That the movie just like let metal die instead mm-hmm. of doing the thing of like, all right, now the guy who we know is Gunny, now Gunny is gonna hand him a pistol yeah. and be like, just in case, that we will watch him cock and draw to his head. Yeah. And then as we see the men walking away in the distance, we just hear a gunshot. It's like, 
I think he could have just sputtered out and died. We didn't know that he was going to, we didn't need, we didn't know, need to know that he was just going to put himself out of his own misery by shooting himself in the head. It was really visceral. <laughs> that was it intense. was really visceral. Yeah. For just like a, oh fuck. Like this movie hasn't been doing it the whole time. It just does it like twice. And it's really, a, it's really like intense each time. Yeah. And so they make their way fucking our guy, Rudy and his two, He's the, he's like they've like scaled this volcano at least high enough. They've scaled this volcano. It's been less than forty eight minutes. Now when they're because they like he fat they fasten ropes to it and he's like pulling. For mm-hmm. some reason they decide the best plan of action is that he one of the soldiers is going to go to the high point. Two are going to be down below. I guess like feeding this box up to him. He's pulling it on a rope to get these boxes up to where like the rim of the caldera instead of. Like, with those two guys just, like, standing below at a lower point, why were they not up there? Why were it was was at least not one more guy up there helping pull the rope instead of just, like, holding hands up and doing guiding gestures at the boxes? Yeah, I'm not sure we needed. I don't feel like this is the best use of your strength here. We didn't need we didn't need two spotters on it. I agree. Especially, like, because basically they get just they get killed by lava, right? Uh-huh. That's what cuz yeah, like suddenly the volcano's going up there and then there's lava like pouring down off the side of the caldera. It's going around on either side of Rudy. And then I think we just like I don't know if we hear screams or if we just hear Rudy yell something, but then we don't see the guys again, so I think we just assume they died of lava. We do get a a quick shot of a skeleton, a little cartoon skeleton in the lava. It looked That's like right. you, know that, you know that gif of the skeletons dancing yes, with the, the super deluxe dancing skeletons. I love it them. It, just like one of those had been <laughs> it was had died in some lava. It was so bad looking. Okay, it yeah, I'm gonna have to go back and watch that second again because yeah, I missed There's that. just like this one because I, I I had to watch a couple times because I was really confused about as I was watching it, I couldn't understand what was happening with depth of screen. I could not. Such a confusing angle, and I couldn't figure out that it was actually lava plunging over the side, and mm-hmm. so I was super confused about what was happening there. And then I saw it the second time and saw the little skeleton, and I was like, "That's that's not good." But I appreciate that. Yeah, you okay. Tried. I'm really glad they did that then. And and then fuck Rudy, arm nukes in arm goes walking to the edge of the volcano, and then just mm-hmm. like holds them to his chest and falls backwards. Yeah, and that's that's the end of Rudy. I know, and it fucking sucks. I, I was, I knew. So remember last week, um, they had said. I think I think Sam had said like it has a man, you know, mm-hmm. stoically dying in a volcano. So yeah. I was like waiting to see who it would be. And once I figured out what was happening, then I was like, oh, exactly. No, Rudy. I was like, no. And he really no. does. He just raises his eyes toward heaven and yep. just falls, tips backward. Yeah, which again is not how you get nukes to the core, but. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think if Rudy could find a way, he would find a way. Yeah, it was a real Lord of the Rings moment. And he went down to the lava and then the nuke goes off. And the way they handled the, from an effects standpoint, the way they handled the detonations is mm-hmm. we just do a very, we do like a shot from above Earth. And then we just see like a poof. Like we just see nuclear explosions happen yeah. from space. And it's just these like little mushroom clouds. And they kind <laughs> of rearrange, like, kind of like we see clouds like blow away in the atmosphere but for the most part they don't look like super consequential events when they yeah. when they happen from space like that and you really get a sense of just how absurd it is to think that you can like change this change the yeah. earth's orbit when you get it like when that you really have to do it 
Yeah. When you get that sense of scale, you really are reminded of just how inconsequential <laughs> most of humanity is. It looked like it looked like when you if you would watch a like a Roadrunner and Wiley Coyote cartoon yes. when Wiley would careen off a cliff and then it would be from really high and you would just see like a poof when he hit the dirt. <laughs> like that's what those nuclear explosions mm-hmm. look like. And so it was like, but the, hey, it works. It works. It works. And we and we get to we watch the Earth do the like Keanu Reeves missing a bullet in the Matrix yep. whoosh by. We, it really is like it is a grazing of yeah. our like lower atmosphere as the as the asteroid sweeps by. So they save the world. I mean, they kill half the world because of the magnitude eighteen quakes, but they save the world yeah. theoretically. I wonder, like, two hundred. They say it is two hundred miles wide. The asteroid. Mm-hmm. I wonder what, like, how much. How much room do we think that would take up in the sky? Like when, like when we see something like Hale Bop, like how big, how big are is something like that? I mean, there would have been. There's actually a really cool missed opportunity of not having, as the asteroid goes by on Earth, a view from Earth of the entire sky going black. As see, that's what I wanted to sun. see something like that. I really, yeah, there really was wanted a missed to see something there. like that because, like, I don't know how big. It, okay, so. The comet analysis indicator that the comet, its nucleus was 60 to 20 kilometers in diameter, approximately six times the size of Halley. So like Halebop is 60 to 20 kilometers in diameter. Halley's comet mm-hmm. is smaller than that. Let's find out how wide the moon is. Right. But like it, it's getting so it's like so much closer than the moon right. is my thing. And like, I feel okay, like Haley's comet and Halebop don't get closer to us than the moon. They don't. You're right. God, like yeah, like how much? Because I feel like that would take up a pretty substantial chunk of sky. Yeah, yeah. I just it I, would I, be, I, I, I wish that, we could have seen something like that. I think that we did miss an opportunity. I mean, this is a so this was essentially a quarter. Oh, they tell us in the movie that it's about a quarter of the width of the moon. Okay, okay. God, that would have been fucking enormous then. That would have been huge. And then it's closer to us than that? Oh, yeah. That would have, there was a missed opportunity for that. But otherwise, I did feel like they did a good job of giving us, yeah. of giving us danger. Yeah. I, oh, I do, I do, I do. I just would love, I just, I just wanted, I just, that would just for, oh, my own personal delight. Would no, have loved I think, to have seen I think people a- looking up and just like doing this. Yeah. And because that, like, just thinking of seeing recently on Twitter that, video oh, yeah. that really it really displayed in the Pacific Northwest of it was it was just like some space machinery like it was, it was no it was SpaceX it was a SpaceX SpaceX rocket. yeah it was SpaceX a SpaceX rocket. rocket coming that that was breaking up in orb in as it came into the atmosphere and it was just it's so bright and it's so mm-hmm. sparkly coming down and like thinking of that and how terrified that would make me feel because I would feel yeah. fucking terrified the idea of living to see 200 mile wide asteroid graze earth mm-hmm. like I, I i just i wouldn't be able to stop crying i feel like i yeah. wouldn't be able to stop crying like i would be just a fucking nightmare mess if i was just like looking outside the window i'm in front of right now and seeing that it'd be like it would be melancholia it would look like fucking melancholia my god yeah, it, again, real missed opportunity. It would have been really fucking cool. Yeah, it would have been. It would have been really cool. But like, it didn't. It did not de- deter from my enjoyment of the movie. That was just something where I wasn't. I wasn't clear on, and I wanted to know what the sense of scale in the sky would be. But it, but it's yeah. irrelevant. So I think, unless you have anything else, I think that'll no. take us to what this movie was really about. 
after this break from our sponsor, it certainly will. Folks, do you love movies? The good ones? Even the bad ones everyone told you not to like? It sounds like Super Yaki might be the place for you. The team at Super Yaki loves movies. So much so, they've dedicated every waking moment of their life to bringing you top quality merchandise to showcase your love for them. From super soft t-shirts saluting the brave of us who go to the movies by themselves, to comfy sweatshirts and aprons commemorating historic events like the night Florence Pugh made marmalade. They even carry enamel pins of some of your favorite directors like Hayao Miyazaki and Guillermo del Toro. Super Yaki joyously brings you tangible love letters to your favorite movies and filmmakers that you can wear with pride. Plus, the team at Super Yaki screen prints all their apparel using eco-friendly 100% water-based inks and ships using compostable polymerylers for an environmentally friendly alternative to online shopping. And as a special gift to you, listeners can save 10% on their order with code DISASTERDIVA. All caps, no spaces, DISASTERDIVA at checkout. If the spirit moves you, find them at superyaki.com. Let's watch more movies. Need to get my next order going. I was like, I'll wait till they get back because I know they're on vacation, but I do need right, to get yeah, me. Yeah, Super I, Yaki I need is that. currently uh, taking a breather from their very busy spring. Yes, but I, I do need that Birds of Prey crop. I could not stop laughing at the Kermit image of him being <laughs> hit by a car, by like a taxi on the street of New York being laid out on the ground when they were like, we're taking a break. <laughs> I was like, this is the perfect image of tired Super Yaki. This is yeah. great. They, a, a real Kermit, Kermit <laughs> flailing vibe. <laughs> yeah, um, I do. I really need that Birds of Prey crop tank. Where is that? I'm, I mean, I'm ordering I love, it right again, the second. colorway on the Birds of Prey, like, like sublimated fade is amazing. Yeah. And I gotta say, I mean, those I do not have good washer dryer here at my apartment complex. And what the do you mean, print, good? like, do your clothes not get clean? No, like they're just it's aggressive. It's oh. like an industrial. It's oh. not like a nice. It's you know, it might. It, it's a cheap. Like it has three settings, um, <laughs> and there's like hot, less hot, and then cold. And those are the <laughs> settings that I can put my clothes through. <laughs> um, which I'll tell you, my clothes really appreciating that. But point being. This holds up. Their print, <laughs> their print screen, like a lot of the time, it can get real rough real quick. Yeah, they are they are lasting through some washes. So through Amanda's industrial strength washing equipment, it's just her not hospital great. washer and dryer. I mean, yeah, it's a shitty coin op that my landlord got because my landlord got the cheapest possible. Like, what can we get that will make noises that sound like a train is taking off? <laughs> <laughs> I have I have a the sound of like I haven't heard it in a really long time because I feel like most like new washers don't really do that anymore but like that sound of when the mm-hmm. washer goes off balance and the drum starts like hitting against the side the walls of the machine mm-hmm. that sound scares me so much and like when it like in my life when it has happened like at night you just need to go and you open the lid and you arrange the shit inside a little bit but like if that happens at night and I am just like by myself in my house, it is terrifying to me. <laughs> I it's like it's like to me, that is the sound of like something being possessed. Like yeah. that is the sound of like the devil is in your house and it's like taken something over. So it is a like I have to like if that starts to happen, I have to like take deep breaths and like run to the <laughs> washing machine to be like, you gotta fix it, you gotta fix it, you gotta fix it, gotta fix it, gotta fix it. Cause it is such a scary sound to me. <laughs> I it's frightening. 
I love like the weird, like I love finding out things that scare you, Jordan, because you watch so many horrifying, deeply yeah. terrifying concepts. And then it's like, but also Jordan is scared of the washing machine. I'm scared of the washing machine. This is machine. like finding, this is like my dog being scared of the vacuum. Like there's just I, something really horrible I'm about scared this. of the washing machine and I'm scared of TV white noise, which you really also don't see much anymore. Like you have to really fuck something up on your remote yeah. to end up on TV, like the, the white noise like screen. But on the occasion you hit that wrong button and you don't know how you got there, that sound is extremely upsetting to me. That well, I, yeah, I, I think I chalked that up to the poltergeist. Girl, I was gonna say like that's when the possessed girl comes crawling out of your television. Yeah, I think that's I think that's really like polter a real poltergeist like embedded in my consciousness thing. Uh, because when I hear that, like I need to shut it off. As, I need to shut it off so fast because it yeah. is frightening to me. Because bad things come that, out of that. Bad, bad things, things come, come out of the white, when, t- the white TV static. That's when you're. That's when the 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 realm is thinnest and they can cross over. This is yeah. what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. This all is the correct. little all the people who get trapped inside of the television to perform your television shows. <laughs> yeah. The Lucille Ball demon is going to come out. Uh huh. Yeah. Super fucking Twilight Zone. No, I'm with you. So then, I suppose back to the business at hand. What mm-hmm. is this movie really about? Asteroid versus Earth. I think that this movie is really about um, the importance of the bonds we make mm-hmm. and cherishing those bonds. Mm-hmm. This is a movie about relationships. That's you know? true. It's about it's about the unexpected relationship between um, the general and Telly. It's about Rudy, you know, being phobic and coming around and finally telling Terry that he loves him. <laughs> yes. Um, it's about it's about Marisa and Chase. Finding yeah. finding each other and respecting each other, you know? And so this is a movie about how the real thing that's going to move the earth is love. Oh, that's it. That's the force that propels us stronger mm-hmm. than anything else. Uh, you're right. You're right about it's that. It's all about love. So that's, that's for me where love we're- Love is the fifth dimension. Love is <laughs> absolutely the fifth dimension. This much love. we know. I, whenever Jason grabs the microphone, I'm like, I know it's going to be a good moment. Yeah, you're like, what's it going to be? What's it's going to be gonna worthwhile. Be? It's going to be Don't something. Don't let me leave, Murph. <laughs> <laughs> I love that the only thing I really took from Interstellar mm-hmm. was that the fifth dimension is love. Hell yeah. That's it. My dudes. I love that movie, but I think it's so cheesy. It <laughs> like is. I, like that's, I feel like that was the conversation that didn't happen enough around Interstellar was this movie is so corny. Yeah. Oh, the movie that's the most earnest movie about traveling through time and space that's ever like more earnest yeah. than contact. And contact is an extremely earnest. I feel like that's and a Matthew through line. McConaughey's I, is gonna say, that, I feel like that's the through line of Matthew wow. McConaughey's space movies. Really? That guy has a hard time with irony. Sincere science fiction. Yeah. For Matthew McConaughey. That's the only way. Matthew McConaughey doesn't believe in grounded science fiction. <clears throat> the ground, it needs to come. It, it's not grounded. It's got to be heart based. Yeah. It's, it's grounded in the heart. That's <laughs> where the, the grounding mm-hmm. happens. There you, that's true. That's where the grounding happens. Well, you know, look, we don't actually have the ability to travel at the speed of light, but you know what does? Love. We can travel at the speed of love. The speed of love mm-hmm. is really is really what it is. That's how fast that Rudy was moving when he was taking those nukes. Yeah. The caldera of that volcano. He was moving at the speed of love to do that. He was doing it for Terry. Minutes. He was. No, he truly was. He was doing yeah. it, you know, it, as we learned from the core, save one person. Save one. Don't think about saving the world. Just think about saving one person. Yeah. That's, Damn. that's tangible. The core See, again. That's why the core. It's always the core, you guys. <laughs> Great, one it's, of the greatest films ever made. It's always the core. 
Um, that is something I just want to like dunk on Joss Whedon really quick because that is something he tried to steal from the core for his cut of Justice League and fully land, like fell on its face. It was really bad. He tried to steal the like just save one person thing for that's, uh, the Flash. How dare I, he? I love the idea of the core like like an attempted cop from the core from a, like a massive DC franchise property how movie. How dare he? How how dare he? How so dare anyways, he? Um. So for me, gosh, what is this movie really about? Because, you know, we I think I think I agree with you. I think it is I think it is about I think it is about the fifth dimension is love. Yeah. I think it is about I think it is about the importance of relationships and getting back to as, you know, as we have reinforced so many times and as as Mika yeah. emphasized to us on that episode, uh your best safety plan are the connections that you make around you as the sense of community you build. And each of these people, this movie punched above its weight in Mm -hmm. the way I cared about the relationships at its core. And that made this movie, in spite of, like, it having, you know, the similar pitfalls to movies of this level of, like, you know, the Asylum-style movie. But the strength of the relationships is what lifted it to that next level. So I'm I'm just going to corroborate what you say, Amanda. Fifth dimension is love, guys. Yep. Like, you know, tattoo it on your body. Wear it on a shirt. (laughs) <laughs> so does that bring us to dream casting and do you have any amanda i y'all i could not do it i cannot this is a perfectly not just like a perfectly cast film in the sense of how good the cast individually is tia carrera to mm. tia carrera at one point gets teary-eyed i don't think we've ever seen anyone get teary-eyed <laughs> on camera before in one of these level films she is this movie punched so above its weight with the casting and the chemistry of the casting. I It's true. I loved everything. I loved everybody in it. There is not a single person I would change. I mean, like, sure, Miles and Ansel can be can both step on a landmine. Mm-hmm. Like, why not? What else is Ansel up to right now? I guess, like, kind of promoting West Side Story. Who cares? Right, right. Who cares? But otherwise, no. I can't pull Tia out of this. I can't pull no. Love Interest Chase. Like they all work and they're doing, they're not just doing their best. They are doing the best. (laughs) The best. I, I'm only, I'm only going to swap chase, not because Mm -hmm. I didn't care for uh, Jason Brooks's performance, but because I just really wanted it to be Gabriel mocked. Okay. And so I'm just going to put Gabriel mocked in there, but I do have to make, I do have to say one of the things I most appreciated about this movie was their indication of, like, things having happened by smearing, like, heavy dirt makeup on people. Yes. Just, like, heavy smears of, like, oil and just, like, oh, something's happened. Like, just put a shit ton of stuff on their neck. I really liked that as as a as an aesthetic choice in this film. Their choice of short, they, they just were, like, sometimes you need a shorthand and yeah. we'll go with it, you know? Yeah, very much so. I also appreciated when Chase ordered every – they didn't want to have to build another set, so he ordered everybody out of the cockpit of the sub <laughs> yeah. so he could have a tender moment with Tia. I thought I was like, that fully he was going to sacrifice himself or something, and I didn't know what no. it was because everyone's like, pleasure to serve with you, Commander. Goodbye, Commander. Goodbye. I was like, what is going on? Like, what part of the plan did I miss? And then they just all leave the sub together. I was yeah. like, wait, what was that that parade of goodbyes that just happened then? Well, they, you know, thought that they might die, but also – 
they were like, yeah, you know, good show, guys. Good show. Yeah, because like they it's, somebody it's like walked how by. It's like a good show at the end of a performance, but then you all go out to drinks afterwards. Because somebody walked by T and was like, God bless you. And it's like, is she going to – oh, so she's going to die. Like they're not just going to kill Rudy. They're going to kill all the heroes. I was very – and then they didn't do that. So it was like, well, that was quite the fanfare for everybody to just like disembark. Yeah. That's, you know. <laughs> Look, they're the U.S. Navy. They're not the U.S. – not dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> this is America's next top best friend. And <laughs> it's going to be very dramatic. So do you, you so that's your only casting too, but yeah, I, was I just really much as see Gabriel mocked in that suit. All right. I'm with you. I like that's fine. That works for me. I was very <laughs> agnostic on him, but I liked their chemistry. Yeah, yeah. They they okay. they were not they they it is not it is it is not a they were not a value value subtract. I like them. Yeah. So how many towering infernos are you giving this one? I'm going to give this one a – I'm giving it a comfortable 3.5. I really All enjoyed right. myself. I'm was it a 4 for me? It, like, really? Tia Carrere was a 4, honestly. Yeah. You know what? Actually, I'm going to commit. Because of Tia Carrere, I'm going to go 4. Yeah. I liked Tia Carrere in this so much, and I was like, I'm not just, like, being charitable here. Like, she's doing a really good – like, I'm so compelled by what Tia Carrere is doing here. So I'm going to go 4. I'm going to go – this is a this is a made-for-TV disaster movie that rose above, and for that, it should be commended. Yeah, I'm going I'm I'm not going to I'm not this is not a doubtful four. This is a strong four for me. Excellent. Excellent. I mean, I just I know that I it's can't It's important that we continue to reinforce that these movies can achieve strong results. Yeah. Just because would, they are not the core does not mean that they are incapable of breaking that like four threshold. You know what? I would even say when graded independent of the volcanoes and the cores and the hard fives on the scale of disaster movies that come out of Asylum, I'm giving this a five. Hey, hey! It's I would fi- say this, it's an this, Asylum five. It's an this is this is exemplary of what these movies can and should be. This is a five for made for TV movies for me. I I would say for for an Asylum, I would go Asylum four point five because it's not quite Earth catastrophe for me. Okay, fair. But it like I would if it, like it's an Asylum four point five for yeah. sure. But this is, yeah, this just, I mean, like you said, this proves that this these movies can be this. These yeah. movies can do the things that we want them to. You can have good acting and good characters in these movies. Yeah. You can they don't have all have to be Kevin fucking Sorbo. They, they, you can have compelling characters. You can have relationships. You can have surprise boyfriends. You can Take- have surprise. That's the thing. I mean, it gives us, it gives us a gay military officer it like come on! It gives us like instant charisma. Tia Carrere, like th- this. This was this was this casting department. This casting director. I don't know if this is who Asylum always works with, or this is a new person. But they really brought it. Yeah. So no, I I am going. I I would again. I watched it two nights in a row. I uh-huh. would I would watch it again. I have I no would- desire to be a like a screen talent, like an actress. Mm-hmm. I want so much to be in one of these movies. I want oh, okay. so much to be in one of these movies. We're I gonna think make that, that happen. Would, that New would goal. just be what a day. What a what a little thing to point to. Mm-hmm. Be like, oh yeah, what's my one screen credit? It's a movie basically called Asteroid versus Earth. That's outstanding. You have your orders, Disaster Divas. I mean, uh, come on, at the like, Asylum. Tell them to cast <laughs> Cruciola. Absolute would just love to be like one of like the military people shuffling papers with like four lines in one of these movies. Just Jordan sitting there in a cap. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's going, fast. it's going faster, sir. 
Like I Hashtag. understand that like I'm not I'm not like you're not going to like cast me as your lead. I get that. We need a little bigger yeah. recognition here. But I like a supporting character in one of these. What a, I, I want to be that and I want to be the first death in a horror movie. Here's what I propose. Hashtag cast the Crooch. <laughs> no! <laughs> cast the the Crooch is what the it's got to be. The Crooch. <laughs> cast the Crooch. <laughs> do kids do that do kids know this anymore are they like listening to drive time radio with their parents or do they not know what any of these things are anymore i think i imagine youtubers just podcasts and spotify like i feel like tiktokers and youtubers probably still have like dropped cues like that yeah. like i'm sure that i feel like, but i feel Paul. like there's so much more it's so much more customizable now it's customizable yeah. it's like it's far more abstract now where it'll be like specific things rather than just vaguely a horn honking you know what yeah. i mean like like glass breaking yeah yeah it's like yeah. it's like someone talking from like a weird like movie that came out two years ago where they're like having a scene where they're like coming out to their uncle or something you know but then yeah. like they're using it in the context of like pouring themselves cereal like it's it's never yeah, like, as I watched, linear. I was watching. I was watching. Uh, the like Trixie and Katya show the other day, and like <laughs> the amount of editing, the amount of like sound cues that go into one 10 minute fucking episode of that are unbelievable. Props <laughs> to their like editing and sound people. But just like the idea of just like those same half dozen sounds, yeah. That no matter where you were in America, no matter what yep. drive morning time zoo. morning zoo you were listening to, you they all would have the hear same them. soundboard. Yeah, yeah, I don't think. I don't think that there is a. I don't think there's a monoculture for sound for for needle drops anymore. I don't it's, think that that's the case. It is amazing. Like, and this is just a total tangent, but I, I remember great. My <laughs> mom loved Mark and Brian in the morning. Sure. My mom loved sure. Mark and Brian. We had CDs of Mark and Brian, like right. like the, like collections of like their greatest hits, like bits that they would do. And it's like this was these were just fucking dudes living in Southern California that had a syndicated radio yeah. show, and we were listening to Mark and Brian in the morning. Besides, like morning. Besides, like um, what is it like Charlemagne the God and his like that the show over in New York that like the the hip hop show that like is like an institution of radio and people go on it for interviews. Like, do people are there newly minted no syndicated radio shows anymore, or is it only the legacy stuff? Because I feel like that stuff just doesn't exist. I feel like unless it's unless it's a podcast, right? I feel like that's what does that now. But I, I you're not going to have like there's not going to be a new Mark and Brian. Unless yeah, I don't. there's like Mike and Mike for ESPN, but they've been around forever, and that's sports well, radio. And Mike and Mike is no longer uh, around. They, Why? They, Mike, they Mike and Mike up. isn't around. And so it just it feels like we aren't like we're not going to get a new class of those people. Right. That feels like it was like for the nineties, and that's yeah, it. It was that was it. It, it died. It, it 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 and rightfully so. <laughs> I. All I remember is listening to 107.5 The End in, in Utah. <laughs> the uh, end? Before, yeah, before it became 101.9 The End. See, they called it The End because it was the end of the dial, but then they moved to 101.9 and it didn't make sense anymore. Oh, they and then the it just became weirdly apocalyptic. Yeah, and then it's yeah. just weird. Well, and they, they did have a lot of viral marketing where people would like uh, uh, go around with signs that were like, the end is here and stuff like of that. Course. Kind of the fun. street team. The street yeah. team. Yeah, street but, team. Uh, but in Utah, that just takes on such a different vibe. <laughs> That's true. It's very true. Although, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mormons don't wait for rapture the way a lot of other people do, but, uh, uh, they, they had this DJ or this like host named Jimmy Chunga. 
<laughs> and Jimmy I just remember <laughs> I wow. called in one time to talk about it was when the Ford Mustang got its like retro redesign back in like 2005 I remember or whatever. that big deal yeah I called in because he was like people called talk about it and I was like a huge like car nerd that was like my heart hyper focus thing as a kid sure. uh, yeah. and so I called in to talk about call it and he got like two yeah he, he got like two questions in and was like wait a minute how old are you and I answered I was like yeah, at the time I was like I don't know fucking 12 years old and he just wow. hung up immediately and I felt, uh, <laughs> felt betrayed <laughs> like I'm 12 oh, man Click. gathering around the radio for the top nine at nine to hear my heart will go on absolutely man. for me timing, it was more like timing uh, the tape record been... just right timing that tape record yep, yep. absolutely man. god Days All right, you guys, we're doing the that thing again. Know. We're doing that thing again where the back end of our episode, our episode's running on really good Amanda, on time. People love this shit. <laughs> they don't know that they do, guys. They stuck around they for do. over an hour. They like to hear us ramble. A, yeah. it's, it don't if they're here. If they're here, they like it. If they're not here, yep. they, they wouldn't have, this isn't their, they're, right, they're not they let's keep talking. The then let's keep talking about this, about the, about radio <laughs> I'm just programming. Saying we can ramble. It's a podcast it's built around rambling. I'm trying to. <laughs> I know Sorry. I'm supposed okay. to be the voice of reason here, but. You anyway. are. This is what I'm like. I'm trying to keep us on track. And then Jason's like, but the, the Mustang thing. And I'm like, no, this was, this was a necessary digression. I'm yeah. wondering I know, about I agree, radio I agree culture. About radio. No, I agree about that. That is true. They, I don't think the youths today know the needle drops the way yeah. that, like you said, the which, morning zoo. That morning zoo life. You know, speaking less- of micro focus, the my thing when you could start downloading. Like once I understood how Napster worked, right? I got man. super obsessed with downloading needle drops and like one line audio clips. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, okay, you were doing so deep I, cut kind of stuff. I was like, I had like. Homer's, you know, uh, the clip, the audio clip. So you from like the made Simpsons. your own. You were like making your own soundboard. I had like hundreds of sound <laughs> clips. Fingers too fat to dial from The Simpsons. I had just wow. hundreds of audio sound clips. I don't For know what? what I was gonna do with them. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there I was, was no like, like what am I doing with it? Nothing. I just was my weird like micro. Would you focus. play them? Like would you like would you like no. would you look them up? Oh, you didn't even look like oh I want to laugh and go like search for it. You would just no. leave them. They were just meticulously cataloged on a hard drive. <laughs> I wow. am sure I still have it on like one of the external hard drives that I have. I know that, that it's I mean still that's on a time external. capsule now. That's a time capsule now. Yeah, really? just meticulously cataloged Man. hundreds of MP4s or MP3s that are just of- like. Four, four seconds long. Yeah. Yeah. Of just like audio sound clips and drops and needle things. And I, I don't know. I couldn't tell you why I downloaded them. I just obsessively did it along with like all of the, you know, John Mayer live tracks. And then, oh, yeah. Be, yeah. I still stand by that the, the, the version that I first heard of Maroon 5's first album mm-hmm. that was downloaded illegally by my roommate in college is the best version of like anything I've heard of songs about Jane. <laughs> that is the definitive version of Sunday morning. And I don't know where the fuck to find it ever again. Yeah. Oh, just saying she will be loved. <laughs> God, Adam Levine has been with us for so long. That is neither here nor there, but I cannot. It's oh my God. Been decades of Adam Levine. If Jeez, you ever want to really feel bizarre, look at how many number one singles Maroon five has had. Oh yeah. No, oh, they're, no they're fucking prolific. Like yeah. insane. They keep, they've never not put out a single that didn't hit. It's yeah. wild. It's been it's 20 wild. years. Like here's my biggest question is in 20 years, are people or like 30 years, do people start talking about Maroon five? And I know this is a tough thing to say. Is this, it, do they start talking about Maroon five in the same context that they talk about like the Beatles now? 
And like, where it's I don't, like unprecedented I don't know that it goes insane there, success. But whatever the contemporary version of that is, where like we don't have a monoculture and yet they've managed to be one of those like kind of monoculture presences, right. like that's a big fucking deal. Because at this point, I think they've had more number one singles than U2 did. I feel like what ends up happening with like, I feel like what ends up happening with like a Maroon 5 is that they get that begrudging legacy of like, yeah, you guys hold some records. So yeah, you're going to get inducted into the Hall of Fame. And every time that they get brought up, everyone's like, wait, really? Them? They're the the who egg of, of <laughs> who egg of music as far as I'm concerned. I just, it's like, it's that thing where I just fucking, I wonder if like, you know, mm-hmm. three generations from now, kids yeah. are going to be like, you know, reclaiming, you know, like almost like Queen or something where people, like, I think if a member of Maroon 5 died or something, then maybe. Well, it's what <laughs> I, well, like, when is, when is, when is Maroon 5 going to have its version of what's happening right now with like the 90s with kids right. on TikTok where they're, right. or they're like, where they love like scene style in music? Like, it, when is, when is like the renaissance of like, how far enough do we get from Maroon 5? For the kids to be like, you know who's so cool? Yep. Maroon 5. Like, when are they going to be, like, cool? Because I don't someone's going to fucking find them. I mean, but... Totally divorced from the cultural songs... context in which they arrive. No, when are they going their, to become None of their songs cool? are... It's not like when you listen to, you know, that that video of the kids listening to In the Air Tonight, and then you get to the drums, you're like, hell yeah, the drum fell. Well, sure, Like, yeah. this is... They are the the astronaut ice cream of music. Like... But still, like it kids works. are on TikTok right now being pop, like, OMG, though. Ocean are Avenue th- by Yellow Card. And yeah. Yellow yeah. Card has an even smaller fucking footprint than like they're, they're like, I'm, it, it was going around Twitter and it was like, I'm so jealous of everyone who grew up in this time period. It was like a super cut of like warped tour shit. And I was like, wow, here yeah. we are. So like at Man. some point, Maroon 5 is going to be in one of those supercuts. I don't know when. I don't know what else is going to be around of that supercut, but it's going to be like... I just feel like they're too... I feel like it's... Unless kids are going to like rediscover Coast 103.5, I feel like Maroon 5 falls too much into the I grew up hearing it in my doctor's office. <laughs> you know? Like, I feel I like it's all into that category. Up in the doctor's office. I, I grew up here in Celine Dion in the doctor's office, and at this point, fucking Celine Celine's, Celine's my girl. Fucking bring it. Like sure. Celine Dion she would show up at the doctor's office and you'd be like, God, I'm feeling some feelings right now. Oh, I, th- I, I want to hear that. Like the way all it by is. myself. Yeah. P- please let me have that moment. That's the way it is with such an important before school music video for me on MTV. Oh, yeah. That was like, a, all right, there's like 10 minutes to turn on MTV. And there was that run when that came out where they would just like, they played the same six videos over and over yeah. again. And that like, that's the way it is. Celine Dion video, under, I, underrated Celine classic. I think there's a lot of people like me who really love music that they can just sort of sing along to. Like they know all the words yeah. after yeah. like two listens. Oh, yeah, and that's I think like that's my where sister. Maroon 5 fits. Yeah, or like yeah. Yellow Card is also that same way. Like my I could sing every word. sister fucking loves Maroon 5. Totally. And I, so I, I wonder, I, anyway. But. Anyway, that's today's bonus content, you guys. <laughs> Our insights on the monoculture and musical trends. This the, is why the former monoculture. The yeah. last, you know, fifteen minutes or so of the of the made for TV movies episodes. <laughs> That's where you get the gold. It That's is. the it's gold true. stuff. It, it plants yeah. a lot of seeds that we then reap. We, yeah. we reap what has grown from them. Yeah. But do, does that then mean we are in sign-off territory, Amanda, or is it we movie? Are. We haven't done week? what. So we've got next week, and we know we do have some new reviews too, which oh. I feel like we should. We haven't shouted out some reviews in a while. Go for it. Yeah. Right. Um, so, Jason, if you want to pull those up, and meanwhile, we'll tell you guys what next week we're going vintage. Jordan was in the mood for some Italian, and we found it. <laughs> yeah. Great, I'm so glad there's an option. The Great Alligator from 1979. Meatball. 
It sounds uh-huh. like it could be real problematic, so brace yourselves. Right. Oh, yeah, it does. A tourist resort in Africa finds itself at the mercy of a huge man-eating crocodile from a local native legend, which the croc is the incarnation of a native god angered by the intrusion of the tourists on its nesting grounds. So, Definitely going to be some like indigenous folks v. white people in this. Yeah. So we're going to just have to see how that shakes out. Yeah, it's going to be problematic, but we are going to hopefully get to watch some Italians get eaten by a giant crocodile. So that'll be Ayo. cool. Yes. And that is available for rent on Amazon. You can get that for like 99 cents on the Amazon. Hell yeah. Uh, we've got two reviews that uh, that have come in recently. Uh, one of them is from user on Apple Podcasts, Redemi. Uh, and the title of the review is Great Show. They left five stars for us and they said, this show is a lot of fun and if you pay enough attention, you could learn something. Which, if the last hey, 15 minutes have so proved true. anything. It's true. <clears throat> we do every uh, so often drop some wisdom. Yeah, and thank you so much for that review. Uh, the second one comes from JD Gravat. Uh, oh, friend of the oh. show. Friend of the JD show. JD sent us a good email the other day, too. Wowie. Uh, well, the title of the review is Far From a Disaster, and of course, five stars, which we always love. And it says, Disaster Girls has become one of my absolute favorite podcasts. Aha. Jordan and Amanda love these movies so much, that, and it's uh, great to see this genre getting the appreciation that it should. From huge blockbusters to made-for-TV campiness, they cover it all. I am a proud disaster diva and have become the annoying guy suggesting the podcast to everyone. We love that. Yes. I'm working my way through back episodes and cannot wait to get to the core. Terranauts yeah. forever. Terranauts forever. <laughs> Please, disaster divas, be that annoying friend for all of your uh, social circles. Yeah, we yes. invite that. We welcome it. We celebrate it. We mm-hmm. do. You're the best kind of person. Yeah, the disaster divas who bring in other disaster divas are doing the Lord's work. It's exactly yeah. right. It's mm-hmm. We're always recruiting. Well, Jordan, I know uh, you're taking a sip of Gatorade right now. But, yes. Uh, it's, it's, I think it's time for the plugs. Let people know what, what, what are they looking for. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jorcru, J-O-R-C-R-U, and on Patreon.com slash Cruciola. And I promise you more podcasts are coming. So I appreciate your patronage. Cool. And Jason, what about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jason Halftones, where uh, I'm uh, still on break from making comics because I am doing a pilot and now I have to move right into a spec for the fellowship season. So <laughs> that'll be doing more comic stuff. But for now, I'm, I don't know, ranting and procrastinating. But then we get space dinosaurs. But then we get space dinosaurs. I space do dinosaurs! have I, I do fully have an outline for that story now. I was writing it from the from the hip uh, before where I'd write one page at a time and then draw it and, and sort of go wherever I wanted. But now I have an outline from beginning to Yay. end and it's going to be fun. Can't wait to find out more about space dinosaurs. Hey. <laughs> and uh, I'm Amanda R. Tubbs and that's Tubbs with two Bs on Twitter. Two Bs. And uh, you can find me there just tweeting through it. <laughs> uh, we're also disaster underscore pod on Twitter. We're disastergirlspod at gmail.com. And we are disaster girls on Letterboxd if you want to see what our endless lists of disaster movies are. If you're looking for some inspiration on a Friday night, go you through those should lists. want this. Yeah. yeah. If you're ever like, you know what? I really want a win based disaster, there's a list for that. That's great. So just go, go on the lists. And uh, five-star ratings and reviews are always loved and appreciated. So do that. Share us with all your friends and family. And we'll see you all back next week for The Great Alligator. Woohoo! We will see you then. Italian cinema time. Woo!
thatmightbecool.com. You never know. <laughs>